Good evening, viewers, and welcome to the first in perhaps even a big series of the Happy Happy Board Game Loving with me, your host, Luke Morris. Excuse me, I'm going to take a sip of a lovely refreshing drink. Um, in this, uh, we will probably talk about some games, do different things about that. I'm not quite certain, but I've got a list of things I'd like to cover in this episode and perhaps even forthcoming episodes. But first of all, I thought I would spend a few minutes talking about myself so we can get out of the way. I'm, I'm a self-indulgent kind of guy. I think a lot about myself. So then, I was born in Renaissance Italy, which was very popular at the time and apparently still is. Um, although the so-called designers at the moment uh, are completely wrong there. Uh, when I was brought up in our house, we had very few coloured cubes around and um, barely two ducats to rub together. Uh, my old man was a trader in Genoa at the time of the introduction of the, the, the colonist trade, I should call it. Um, he refused to endorse it, which was very nice for him. Um, my mother tended small back, a small back garden plantation in her spare time. Um, she sold tobacco to her friends and family. But of course that was alright, there was no lung cancer just then. Um, we just called it suave looking treacle lung happy cough condition, which we cured by drinking milk. I moved to modern day England, uh, got married. I've been married two and a half years to a lovely uh, woman. Yep, I'm married to a woman. Um, most days I tend to go see the Queen, eat some cucumber sandwiches. Um, if I can get down to London, cause, uh, which of course is only a couple of miles away, as everything is in our tiny little country, quite often the constant thick fog stops me from being able to get there safely in my horse-drawn carriage. But, you know, on those days when I can't get to see it, I'll sit at home drinking piping hot beer through my ugly buck-deformed teeth. And so that's me. I play a few games here and then. I uh, play a bit of sports which I won't bore you with too much, but needless to say, I get more excited about sport than board games. But board games, I quite like them. They fill a spot every now and again. So I've been playing games for ooh, nearly 20 years now, starting very young, uh, picked up... I think the first game I ever played that was like a, a so-called board game was probably Go For Broke um, years ago when we were visiting someone's house, which was kind of like Monopoly in reverse in that you had to get rid of all your money. Um, you'd get given an amount of money to start with and you'd have to go and gamble it on the horses and hope to lose or um, put it into stocks and hope they'd lose or go on the roulette wheel and hope you'd lose and uh, it was quite good fun I guess it was a simple roll and move but um, the fact that you had to p uh, place your bets on certain things added some excitement to it um, throughout my teenage years I played a quite a worrying amount of Monopoly and Scrabble um, my friends and me used to uh, play a sort of a variant on Monopoly in which one of my friends, who's a bit of a control freak, uh, would play as the banker but would allow us to invest. So we'd give money in and every now and again he'd top us up with more money and investments. But every now and again there'd be a bank robbery and uh, anyone who had money in there would get it nicked. And so you'd be a bit gutted and you'd lose everything. Uh, we were constantly looking for ways to change it because we were unaware of anything else at the time. But I did start playing Risk at my junior school. In the last year of my junior school, I remember our uh, form teacher brought in a, a board of Risk and he set it up in the classroom one lunchtime and six of us played, five of us and him, and uh, I was the Blues and I 
died on about the second day because he'd uh, do it for lunch for an hour and then he'd pack it up um, carefully and slide the board into the top of a, a shelf and uh, we'd get it out the next lunchtime and whoever was left playing uh, would carry on playing but the first sort of team that I was ended up getting attacked on all sides as I got given mostly sort of Europe and I was hoping to attack and I had my last stand in Great Britain which I was very proud about even though it's a rubbish place to defend and uh, so that was that and then a friend gave me their turn and I lasted for the whole week and that was quite epic really so we played it for five days at lunchtime so I guess it was a five hour game there was a few of us left at the end very good fun uh, but that was another game that I tried to sort of add things for but never successfully also at my junior school I became the captain wait for this the captain of the chess team I was that cool and I was that much of a hit with the ladies that uh, I took up the captaincy of the chess team saw us to multiple victories as I was so great and uh, I carried the rest of my hapless team to many many triumphs here there and everywhere as you'd expect um, a ten year old kid who by then had been stuck wearing glasses playing chess captain in the chess team I had legions of women following me around uh, I got into sex I got into drugs I got into hardcore rock and roll and booze and by the time I was 13 I was um, in rehab and um, of course that's where I learned Monopoly um, leading on I've never played a role play game in my life although I do write sort of creative uh, fiction on another website. Um, if anyone's interested, I'll give you a link if you email me. Um, I uh, write it with the help of other people, so I'll sort of head up the game. So I guess it is kind of uh, role-playing. Um, I'll set up the scene and everyone else role-plays, and I choose who's sort of the best. It's based on... My most famous one's based on the film Battle Royale, where, um, for those of you that don't know, it's a Japanese film where like 40 kids are sent to an island because uh, all the kids in Japan in the near future are scum and uh, they're sent to an island where to kill themselves until only one remains and they're allowed to go home and their prize for winning is uh, in the book it says it's a signed photo of the programme director which is very, very nice of them and the fact that you stay alive and so I thought that would be a really good idea for kind of a game so um run it with sort of 40, 50 guys on this on this sort of message board thing, it's got more popular so I've, I finished the fourth one earlier this year and um, I had about 80 people sign up so I had to do sort of a prelim to whittle it down to 40, which is really good and so uh, once everyone role plays their character, they tell me where on the map they've gone and um, if there's two people on the same map, I check to see who's been most creative with their writing, who's got the best character arc and uh, write the battle between them and choose which one survives and bring it on through and normally the person that's best wins which is pretty cool um, so I guess that's the most role playing I do um, never collected card games never done magic never done any of that never looked interesting as far as I'm concerned looks uh, completely uninterested in it never really wargamed either and uh, got into so-called Euro games I'm doing my little fingers there Euro games um, last year uh, when a friend of mine introduced me it was originally to Settlers of Catan uh, which I won the first few games of which is always helpful when I'm choosing a, a hobby if, I, if I'm quite good at it 
by then I was wearing contact lenses so um, my legion of women fans swirled up even more so with my sexy victories in Settlers of Catan um, so the next time we played them he showed me uh, Puerto Rico and he showed me Targus Euphrates. Uh, my wife beat me at Targus and Euphrates and I've never lifted it down I'm never going back to it again although it was quite a good game um, so yeah from there and then I uh, joined the board game geek community last year I go under the name of Hamster of Fury I've got that avatar that some of you if you go on that site may recognise um, I would visually do it for you but it'll kind of lose some of its uh, shazam in the audio context but it's that Japanese girl who sort of goes <laughs> at the screen with a big smile um, probably sexier and happier than that and doesn't sound so frightening she does that and then she sort of looks down then <laughs> again back down <laughs> back down um, those of you that switch animated avatars off shame on you but those of you that do that's what she looks like and uh, so that's who I am um, if you want to check out my page and see what kind of games I'm into in that um, I've started designing some games in fact uh, there's one that is available for print and play a little bit of a plug a shameless plug but it is my own podcast and I do what the hell I want and I'm not listening to what any ever any of you say um, that's a game called First Past the Post which um, as I'm a big fan of D-Macha um, but finding the time to play it is nigh on impossible let alone three other people that want to play it um, I thought I'd invent a card game based on the British elections and uh, it's quite good fun so I, it's free as well so I'd encourage people to go and check it out first past the post um, also I'm in the middle of um, putting together a game called Tor which um, I'm going to be showing at Midcon next month in Birmingham it's a, it's a cycling game as I'm a big fan of professional cycling I know I, I knew you couldn't think that I could get any cooler than um, than I've already shown myself to be but yep I'm a fan of pro cycling I own a cycling jersey one of those King of the Mountains ones white with red dots and I wear it on the street how about that that's pretty spectacular um, but yeah the cycling game uh, it's it's roll and move it's kind of a costume I'd like to think in my own um, egotistic way it's kind of a costume Formula Day and Umreif and Breiter with some of the tactics of breaking away if that doesn't make you want to buy it I don't know what will um, well, perhaps you hate cycling or dice perhaps uh, you've got a personal vendetta against dice as I know some of you guys have um, but you know if you don't mind a bit of dice rolling um, that's cool the fact is that you roll dice which, are, which aren't sort of 1 to 6 there's one that's 2 to 4 and another one that's 5 to 7 and you don't have to full move the full movement on the dice that's the maximum so there's a lot of, sort of ducking in and out of the pack um, dropping back so you don't get them too tired um, breaking away, sprinting stuff like that but um, this, there's a page for it on Board Game Geek so look at that and I won't bore you with um, any more self-proclamations of my games um, so yeah the uh, reason I've started doing these podcasts is because recently I've been uh, getting temping work at the university doing filing and stuff like that so I spend a lot of time on mine in fact probably in an 8 hour day I will talk to someone for about 40 seconds and that's about it so I walk around most of the time and sit there putting numbers in order with my headphones in listening to podcasts and uh, I've completely overkilled myself 
on Board Game Podcasts. And if you're listening to podcasts time and time again, um, I listen to all the sort of all sort of usual ones. I won't make anyone's head big by pimping them right here and now, but uh, you probably heard most of them if you are indeed a board gamer. Um, but after 90 hours of wait for is of listening to board game podcasts you suddenly get this weird thought in your head that oh that would be a good idea and oh, I could do it much better than all that lot that have uh, years of experience all the good technology have money for prizes and can get guests in and all that but no you know I can win people over on my wit and my forcible genius which uh, I probably won't but I thought I just want to look at games and that in a more of a laid back manner because the other podcast I listen to at times is a cycling podcast with these two Aussies and they just talk about it in a laid back manner the editing's not so slick there's obviously sort of no real budget to it at all it's just two guys laughing and talking about what they like and ultimately I like playing board games and I don't think I need to be professional and slick to talk about them really there's enough podcasts out there very very good podcasts that cover things in a nice professional manner nicely cut uh, that's not to say this is going to be a complete shambles, so please, you know, don't turn off just for that. I'm going to have different segments than that, but the segments might be a little bit different, and the approach to how I look at them might be a little bit different, a little bit more obscure to what you used to. But, you know, perhaps there's a niche in the market, and you might not listen to it. Perhaps there's not. Perhaps you'll hate me. Uh, perhaps you hate me already. If you do, uh, email me at hamsterfury at hotmail.com, H-A-M-S-T-E-R-O-F-F. U R Y. Uh, that's not the way you spell hotmail, but you get the idea. Um, if you like me, email me twice and uh, put in big letters that you really do like me, and I will I will be indebted to you for life. Uh, so I guess I should explain what kind of segment there's going to be. Um, actually, I'm not. I'm just going to get straight on with the first segment, and you can get all excited as we go along. Games. As movie stars. Cheers, Gertie. Um, as you can see, I've spared no expense, and uh, on sort of linking together these segments, uh, that was Gertie, my cleaner. She's been my cleaner for 74 years. Um, never put a foot wrong until last week when she broke one of my Ming vases. Uh, I suggested she pay it back from her wages, so she'll be working free for me for the rest of my life, which is great. So I'm making full use of her, including doing the little audio segments. So this segment is called Games as Movie Stars. Now, um, I will be reviewing games and stuff later on, but I thought, don't games sometimes remind you of movie stars? Or don't they? Uh, you can't see my arm, in fact, stroking my chin at the moment, very thoughtfully looking at the screen and nearly falling off my chair when I do it. Excuse me a second. Okay. Um, so, if a game was a movie star, who would it be? Um, I thought a good way to start this is to go through my top 10 and basically say, uh, my top 10 games, I should say, um, and see what movie stars they remind me of and uh, I won't go into too much why because that kind of take away the enjoyment but um, if you're interested in doing the same uh, why not email your suggestions to me once you listen to this segment I've you right now to do it so don't bother doing it now just wait just calm down a bit um, email me hamsterfury at hotmail.com and uh, I'll read out the best ones in fact I'll probably read out all of them so I'll probably get one at best so prove me wrong, guys. Prove me wrong. Make the next, make the next, the next podcast four hours of me just reading out 
what movie styles games are like. I'm a big fan of lists and stuff like that, and top tens, and who's your, what's your favourite album, who's your favourite musician, uh, t- your favourite ten songs beginning with S, and stuff like that. So uh, these are sort of segments I'll bring to gaming. So without further ado, uh, my number one favourite game, I'm not going to do ten to one, I'm going to do one to ten. My number one favourite game is uh, D-Maca. Um, I won't say why, but for me, the movie star that D Macca reminds me of is uh, Rutger Hauer. Um, getting on a bit now, uh, you know, a bit of rugged German, good German meat, man meat that is tough and and strong and bulky, and is still great even with these youngins around, even in. Uh, Films like Sin City, Rutger Hauer was still the man, and he's still tough, and that is D-Maka. D-Maka is officially Rutger Hauer. Right, so my number two game, uh, which I only finally got to play this year um, at a gaming conference, which is very nice, and I've played it a lot since, because I've made a new friend who happens to have a copy, which is very nice. Um, this game is Nizia's Knizia's Samurai, uh, which is a beautiful game, and it of course reminds me of Zhang Zhihi or Zhihi Zhang or or Zhakhlishli, um, a beautiful Chinese girl, um, great actress, very fluid, beautiful, great. You can see it now, can't you? Picture in it um, in great films like uh, House of Flying Daggers and Hero wafting around with long sleeves and swords. Exquisite, beautiful, simple elegance is uh, Zhang Zhihi and uh, also Samurai. Right, so my number three game is Through the Desert. Now, um, please, uh, hardcore Go fans, don't deluge my um, email address at this unless it's to say how wonderful I am. But Go, um, I've never played it, but uh, when I was in Japan, I watched some on TV and uh, as brain-boggling as it was, it it does look like a deep, elegant, insightful, fantastic game um, of, of just sheer strategy, who uh, I would liken to Alec Guinness. Um, I, I don't know if you'd agree, but uh, I see Go as a kind of an Alec Guinness of games, a fine, a fine wine of a game, a beautifully fine wine of a game, and so I would say that Through the Desert is more of a Ewan McGregor. There's a bit of an edge, it's a bit um, I don't know, it's, it's definitely more simple. There's um, coloured um, pastel camels, which is definitely very Ewan McGregor. I don't know why, but it sounded good. Um, he's a bit of a young, up-and-coming imp. Uh, he's got a cheeky smile on him, and he does things in a more of a cheeky, light-hearted way, and yet still retaining some quality about it. And so I'd say that Through the Desert is Ewan McGregor. Right, I might have to reverse my four and five round a bit. Uh, my number four is Antique, or Antiki, or Antique, and uh, my fifth um, is Civilization. Uh, both very good games. Um, but I would say that Civilization, I'm going to direct this now, but Civilization is the Akira Kurosawa of the board gaming world, and I make, I lay, I throw my glove. My white pristine glove at anyone that says otherwise, and I challenge them against it. Um, it uh, Kurosawa, a fine man, fine director, created so many new things, things that we just look at as normal now. He started, 
but I don't have enough time to always sit down and watch uh, Seven Samurai or Ran or get my way through Kajimusha or anything like that. I love it. When I watch it, I love it, um, but it takes brain power to really enjoy it to its greatest. And so therefore, I would say that Civilization, which I've basically just described by describing Kurosawa, is Kurosawa. Which means Antiki staying in the Japanese theme is uh, Takeshi Beat Kitano. Uh, for those of you who don't know him, he's a Japanese director slash, slash in more ways than one, actor who um, is famous for doing a lot of uh, sort of Japanese Yakuza films, mafia films, and uh, some sort of pretty gritty films. Uh, my favorite, a lot of my favorite films are by Kitano, such as Satoichi, which I love massively, which is about a blind um, a sort of swordsman who's a masseuse, which is kind of cool, and uh, has a huge dance number at the end. But I won't go into that. But um, for me, Kitano, a Kitano film is something I can watch when I want sort of the hit of something of real. Uh, sort of a Japanese history whether modern or ancient but I don't have the time for Kurosawa and that's not um, laying down any smack on Kitano who's an excellent filmmaker and an excellent actor um, horrifically overlooked by the West but um, for me it bounces off Antique and Civ and for me Antique is, a, is higher in my ratings than Civ so I guess that's saying something I'd probably put Kurosawa just ahead of Kitano though but that's how they balance best my next game is uh, the World Cup game which uh, for those of you who don't know has uh, come into being in this last year um, I got a chance to play it at the convention which the dark the, the, the dice are cast the cast of dice um, asked Mike Hibbert he enjoyed trying to get that name right as well in his podcast um, the cast of dice that's it. It's a fine game. I got to play it with the creator at the Castle Dice, who was Sean Matilda Derrick. Uh, I don't know if his middle name is indeed Matilda, but it's an M, and I like to make guesses when people put initials in their name. So, a uh, good old Matilda. Um, that's not saying anything about him. You're a great guy. I enjoy playing the game. It's a magnificent game. I would say World Cup game is very much like Jason Statham, and uh, for those who don't know, um, people say in Hollywood that if Vin Diesel can't do a film, you get Jason Statham. We'll do it cheaper. Um, he's sort of a British gangster type actor who, who sort of cut his teeth in films like Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, and sort of Snatch um, before doing The Transporter and uh, other sort of trashy sort of popcorn fare like that. Um, he's, he's not the sort of most technically sublime actor. Um, I he probably won't go around winning any awards um, not big sort of Oscars or anything like that but um, he's a great actor for me to watch um, he's simple he, um, he's gruff he's sort of an action man but he's great fun and he's uh, he's exactly what you want from sort of a, an easy watch action flick he, he'll sort of fight he'll sort of crack some deadpan jokes he'll um gobble up acres of speech as if he's reading it off the page quite literally uh, the World Cup game as I said in my sort of little short review of it um, and I'll do one later as well on this uh, just giving a bit away um, it, it has some results that are determined by dice rolls 
Um, you'll try and attack the leader. You'll gang up on countries for no reason other than the fact you just don't like the country. Um, it's l- there's a lot of luck in it. Um, it's not. It's got strategy, um, but it's a brilliant game. It's great fun, highly entertaining, fantastic game. I'd always play it. I try and get as many people as I can to play it. Get eight people, and it's brilliant. Get four people. And it's brilliant. Get two people, and you've got to play the smaller World Cup board, which isn't so great. But luckily, he's bringing out some new updates in the upcoming months, and uh, so there should be more World Cup game to go around. At this point, I'd like to say, and I'm sure none of you have noticed at all, but I'm not really editing this at all. So if I ramble, which I do have a tendency to do, so I apologise. But tough, I'm editing it. Um, anyway, um, next game is. Uh, Surprisingly, my list 2467 is Tempest. <sighs> a lot of haters out there for Tempest who are expecting the, the king of all Civ Light games or something when it's kind of more area control. That's cool. Um, I liken it to Clive Owen. You see, when, when I first saw Clive Owen, it was in Croupier and uh, a very good film, and I thought he was brilliant. Um, a lot of early hype for Tempest. This is a brilliant film, this is great. Um, then um, Clive Owen goes on to do. Gosford Park, another excellent film, that's a more hype. And then um, he cuts it open, big film, uh, King Arthur. Uh, people see it, not sure about it. A lot of naysayers, there's still people going, no, 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 trust me, this guy's a great actor. But then there's other people that see that, see another couple of films he does around the same time that aren't quite so polished, even since he went that good compared to what he can be. And, uh, you know, there's not so sure, but I think history will tell on both of them. I think Owens and excellent actor um, Child- Children of Man Child of Man something like that this film that's come out recently with him in that looks absolutely magnificent which I need to go see um, I think will stand up as another excellent performance and I do think Tempest will go down as a good game in its own right without needing to be in the shadow of anything uh, so that's my number 7 Tempest Clive Owen my number 8 is Carcassonne but it must have the Inns and Cathedrals expansion to it and it also must only be played with two or three. If it's played with five or six, I hate it. Uh, for which reason, uh, for me, Carcassonne is Adam Sandler. In small, in small, short sort of bites, um, and in certain films, Sandler, brilliant. Love him, think he's great. Happy Gilmore, great. Fifty First Dates, great. Anger Management, great. But then you sort of go on, Waterboy does my head in. Uh, little, little Nicky should have been left on the cutting room floor, in my humble opinion, of course. Uh, sorry there Adam I know you listen to the podcast um, but I think Carcassonne's the same if it's um, me and my wife play it a lot it's top of my playlist for this year um, we play aggressive like he can be um, I would Sandler um, if you play aggressive towards the other person there's like two or three of you and you cut in on everything you cut them out of things you put big fat old cathedrals right at the end it's brilliant if you start getting sucked in into a six-player game, it can take like two hours. People don't know what they're doing or whatever. It's like watching Little Nicky all over again. So for me, Carcassonne is Adam Sandler. Nearly there now, and my number nine is Java. Now, I know Java the island is an island in Indonesia. Um, an island of Indonesia. And uh, the site of its capital city, Jakarta, has Wikipedia. Thank, um, nicely tells me. Thank you very much, Wikipedia. Um not doing any free advertising for them I'm not employed by Wikipedia I don't make any money from them but they're quite good to use if you really need to anyway uh, Java for me although it's Indonesian it reminds me a lot of Tony Lung 
who is a sort of a Chinese Hong Kong actor who is famous for Infernal Affairs and um, is also in Hero. Um, just his acting skills are superb. There's a lot of depth to it. There's a lot of uh, I don't know hidden nuances. Uh, to look at him, he might not look like the most inspiring guy sometimes. But if you actually sit there and take the time and watch him on screen, for me, it's like wow, this there's a, there's a lot going on in this guy. He's got massive depths to him. He's got great talent. He just chews up the scenery around him as he play as he plays. And for me, Java plays like uh, playing Tony Lung, uh, not in that way, but it feels like it. And I, for me, it's a great game, and I'd play it most times I'm a big fan of TCAL as well but for me Java is better than TCAL uh, I'd never play it with my mother-in-law uh, she's got the worst in my things again analysis paralysis of anyone I know um, but then again I probably wouldn't watch too many Tony Long films with her either so uh, there you go another link so number 9 Java is Tony Long finally number 10 uh, Primordial Soup thank you thank you thank you Mike Hibbert and the gang for um, introducing me to this game, for calling me over when I was looking sad and alone on my table at Manicon, and inviting me in only because Mike was losing. Uh, great game from Module Soup. Any game where you can have Mike Hibbert saying to you, "It's all right, Luke. I'll do the poo for you." It's got to be a winner. It's got to be a winner. Um, little green amoebas, my little green amoebas, dropping off little poos everywhere. Um, for me, it's Jim Carrey. It's got to be any game that can straight up have poo in it. And it still be seen as mm, that's a good game. Gotta be, gotta be. It's got to be Jim Carrey, who uh, has gone from the rather superb Ace Ventura and even better Ace Ventura Two, which uh, I know, I know, it's that bad, but I like it. Um, past the dodgy era of the Cable Guy, which uh, I still can't watch. I still find it horrible. Um, liar, liar, all that lot. Um, he's fun. He's uh, He's actually got more depth trim, as we found out in Eternal Sunshine, which is just beyond great. Um, and yet, he can say poo, and it'll be funny. And for me, Jim Carrey is Primordial Soup. Primordial Soup is deep. It's got enough strategy for what it needs to be. It's got a good play length, and it's got poo. So that's my top ten games. If any of you have got any, if any of you are still listening, after about 900 minutes of rant from me... Um, email me hamsterfury at hotmail.com if you've got any uh, games that I like movie stars or if you horribly disagree with any of mine and have any better ones which you won't have but you know you're worth a try see how it goes it should be a game uh, excellent thank you very much that was my good lady wife who's just got in and decided she'd help out by doing uh, a little introduction segment thank you very much darling um, that's alright Luke she doesn't really sound like that don't tell her no emails to her um, anyway this segment is um, it should be a game um, uh, look at a concept something from my childhood or something from the world around me maybe if I've got no ideas and it's late at night I'll just look around and go oh a telephone yeah a game should be made about that uh, a can of deodorant there should be a game about that but for tonight I've thought about it and there's something from my childhood that should be made into a game and I shall explain why and that thing is a computer game which I owned on the Amiga and I have on the PC and it is Monkey Island can I hear an Amen? if you're at work can I hear an Amen? if you're in the car an Amen? get your kids to shout Amen 
if you've got any listening to them, listening to me, uh, which you won't have. Um, Monkey Island, for those of you that don't know, um, and you should, um, I almost feel like I won't say what it's about, you should know, shame on you if you don't. Um, but anyway, those of you that have um, just come in on the last uh, the last spaceship, Monkey Island is a game about Guybrush Threepwood, a guy, a young guy who wants to be a pirate, and so he goes, um, he lands on an island, uh, I think it's Melee Island, um, to sort of start his quest to become a pirate, and he, has, he speaks to these three pirates to find out how to become a pirate, he learns he needs to find treasure, he needs to... Um, learn to sword fight and do various other quests and then he buys himself a boat and goes over to Monkey Island and uh, all sorts of exciting jolly 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 takes place there Um, he meets up with um, the evil pirate the Chuck and uh, in the second game the second game starts off where the first game sets off sets up uh, finishes something like that and uh, there's more fun. The, only, the main difference is that Guybrush Threepwood now has a blue coat, as he's a full um, pirate. He falls in love with um, a chick called Elaine, who becomes governor, or in fact might have been governor, um, even though he's poisoned her dogs, although no dogs were harmed in the making of the game, apparently. Um, that's an in-joke there. <laughs> Very funny. Um, loads of characters keep cropping back in different guises. He gets to enter a spitting contest. Um, his parents come to him in a dream as skeletons and uh, seeing the head bones connect to the neck bone and so on. Anyway, um, all very good and fun. Two more games made of it, but I haven't played them since because those two are truly fantastic games. And it's probably the reason I want to see Battle Royale 2 because I fear that the, that the, sort of the follow-up will tarnish the good value of the originals. Anyway, Monkey Island should be made into a game and I shall tell you for why. It's for one main reason and that is the sword fighting. Um, you have to learn to fight swords in the first game and then you have to take on the sword master um, in order to pass the quest but you don't fight swords by sort of pressing arrows and sort of parrying and stuff like you would in pirates or even in, I think one of the Indiana Jones games did that as well but in this you um, you trade insults and uh, so you only know a couple of insults to start with so you have to fight scurvy looking pirates um, and you'll lose a lot but they will start to give you questions and answers and they'll sort of ask you a question you won't know the the retort so they'll sort of beat you but next time you can use the question on another pirate who might know the retort and then you learn the retort and it's sort of saved in the memory uh, so for example one might say to you ah you fight like a dairy farmer if they were fr- if they were a pirate from the west country and uh, you might say it's only natural you fight like a cow and then you know that'd be good or um they might go uh, Your name, my name is feared on every dirty corner of this island and you might say uh, ah so you got that job as janitor after all and uh, hijinks ensues there's no bloodletting whatsoever and uh, you go on that way and I think anything that light hearted that fun has to be made into a board game I don't know how move around Monkey Island complete the quest do some insult throwing at your mates um find some buried treasure somewhere I don't care how just someone get on it Alan Moon do it I don't care um, how you do it as long as you do it well Knitzia um, do it um, all of you do it in fact let's have a lot of Monkey Island games next year at Essen I want I'm not going to be there um, because I don't have the money to spare but I want racks of Monkey Island games 
covering the whole spectrum of the Monkey Island universe and then and only then I will be satisfied and I will quit yabbering on about Monkey Island being made into a game so there we are Monkey Island game make it now it's the extra short game review competition yay okay I thought I'd speak in a different accent for a little bit so I'm sure you'll probably be bored of me speaking now there are 36 minutes in of my boring southern accent so I thought I'd try out some of my brummy that I've been learning since living in Birmingham um, anyway, this uh, this is a section here. I don't know how long I'll be able to keep this up, by the way. It's already going to be funny. Um, um, funny, where's the money, mummy? Uh, sorry to any of my 320 of our Birmingham listeners, by the way. Um, right, anyway, enough of that. Um, this next section is the short review competition. Hooray, uh, an actual competition. And there will actually be a prize. Uh, remember, I'm impoverished. I'm temping at university filing, for goodness sake. So... It's not like I'm going to give you a sealed first edition copy of uh, something or other. I've, I've got eight copies of Titan on the shelf. I might give uh, one of those away if I can be bothered, uh, but unlikely. Um, I haven't really. No, I have. No, I don't know. Um, so what I'll, ex- um, I'll explain the rules first, and I'll say what the prize is, then we'll get into it. The idea is I'm going to give a very short review to three games, um, all of which have been played and therefore rated by me so it gives you a bit of a head start remember Hamster of Fury on BoardGameGeek.com if you don't go to BoardGameGeek then just guess what I might like or dislike uh, some clues behind some be easier um, anyone that emails me in HamsterFury.com um, with the three right on so the person who gets the most right um, has a chance of winning simple as that really the prize is a prize that money can't buy um you might not care about it, in which case just enter for the fun and say, I don't care about winning this. The uh, prize is um, to have a cyclist of yourself put into the first edition of my game tour. Um, it'll be an extra cyclist, someone's being added, and um, it'll have um, your name, it'll have st- I'll, I'll promise you good statistics, and it'll have sort of a cartoon picture of you. So if you're interested in that, which is quite a cool competition, I'm sure you'll all agree, then... Uh, please feel free to enter so here are the three clues so are you ready number one bit yakish I'll repeat number one a bit yakish number two it's an overrated auction game in my opinion it's an overrated auction game in my opinion Number three, please stop. Please stop. If you uh, have any idea what I'm going on about at all, then uh, feel free to enter. Groovy. It's like game reviews and stuff. Yep, it's uh, time to review a game. Uh, The game I've chosen to review today is um, Old Sean... Matthias Derrick's uh, The World Cup game which uh, I managed to pick up this year in fact I got my parents to get it early for me as a Christmas a birthday present because uh, my birthday's in December and I said oh it might sell out by then we made a thousand copies of it uh, I don't know how many have gone hopefully they're selling quite well they're quite easy to get in England uh, www.gamesfortheworld.co.uk and um, there's a little plug there Sean by the end of this in fact Sean I expect you to give me 
every update for free because I'm going to plug it so well for you. Um, anyway, you get a rather groovy box, which is all kind of football bases you'd expect with a big referee blowing a whistle on the front. Um, for me, the idea of uh, a World Cup game is quite a good one, especially as a you know, as you as you well know, all of you that watched uh, the Football World Cup this year, um, 2006, that um, I. England uh, went out in the quarterfinals, just as they did in 2002, to uh, this time the uh, dirty cheating Portuguese. Um, in the same way, the um, Aussies went out to the dirty cheating Italians. The Brazilians just couldn't be bothered to turn up. My pick for the win, the Netherlands, uh, might as well have just stayed at home and eaten more gouda. And uh, my third team to hope to do well, Japan. Uh, Japan um, proved to be embarrassing. In fact, I watched the Japan-Australia game in a, in an Aussie bar in town. We don't have many Japanese bars in town. So I went into the Aussie bar. Everyone was there. They were standing up to sing National Anthem, hands on heart, in the football shirts, going mental. Um, as the three goals went in right at the end of the game, and I just sidled out quietly. Uh, that's a very black day for me. Not as black as uh, Wayne Rooney getting sent off and England going out and uh, the subsequent screaming at the television, which I'm not very proud of anymore, but, you know, what's done's done. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> in the game you get some score sheets, uh, only a couple, so the idea is you can photocopy them and do more or download some more. That's a good idea, I like that. No point putting in too much paper and wasting money when we can do it ourselves if we really want to. I fully endorse that. Um, you get a few, a couple of game boards. You get the, uh, if you hear rustling, it's because I'm playing with the board as we do it. Um, you get a game board which has the 1930 World Cup Finals, which was in You Are Gay. Um, it was the first World Cup, which included such giants of football as Belgium, Bolivia and Peru. And then um, half of that board and the other whole board is set aside for Korea and Japan in 2002. Now, <clears throat> people did ask him why he didn't wait a little bit longer and put out the 2006, but um, the, he'd been designing it for a while and uh, for the, his rankings to work, for the team rankings, because all the teams are ranked and seeded, for that to work you need to know the result of the tournament. And uh, so you can't bring something up before the tournament because you don't know how they did really so uh, silence to all those uh, naysayers as well as that you get loads of plastic footballs in uh, the different colours that um, are the seeds of the team so you get black, red, blue, green yellow and white you get little counters for the countries for the two World Cups Ireland, Nigeria, Mexico, Tunisia the Argies, all that lot um, you get some dice to roll more on that later you get little counters uh, with defence, one goal, two goal, three goal, attack, penalty. And you get cards, which are the main uh, gameplay of the game. They have uh, different things on you can play. The idea of the game is you uh, you get your people together, you uh, randomly draw which teams you're going to have, shared out equally. So say there um, is four of you, because there's 32 teams, you'll each get eight teams to try and get through. Um, if there is eight of you, you'll only get four teams. If there's six or seven, you'll get an odd number of teams. But normally, um, you give whoever has sort of the worst draw of teams up to that point an extra team, so they've got more chance of getting them through. 
for those of you that don't know, um, and are sort of sat blissfully unaware of what I'm talking about, football <coughs> is what um, the Americans and some of your other countries call soccer. I don't know why, because uh, we invented the game and we called it Association Football, so the real name of the game is Association Football. If you've got a problem with that, write to the FA, uh, go to fa.co.uk or something like that, and tell them they should call it Soccer, which we won't do. Um, I guess you can just have other football games, uh, fair enough. But it's still Association Football in the same way. American football is American football, and Australian football is Australian rules football. And uh, rugby football is rugby football. Right, um, enough of that rant. The idea of the game is to um, play a World Cup tournament. You don't play uh, sort of the matches as such. It's very much a um, getting your squads through as far as you can get them. If all your teams have been knocked out, you're out of the game. Tough. Um, but you should be able to get a few for at least the second round or the quarterfinals. Um, we tend to go that if there's four people playing, you each get eight teams. On average, you should get four teams through to the second stage. From there, you should at least get sort of one through to the quarters. And the game speeds up as you go along. It takes like a, a good long chunk of time to play the first uh, group stage, maybe uh, 40 minutes to an hour and a half. But then the whole rest of the game takes sort of half that time for the second round, the quarters, the semis, the final, and the third and fourth place playoff. Um, so the teams are seeded uh, from black, which were the best teams, which was that year was Germany and Brazil. Then you've got the reds, which are the teams that made the semis, which were Turkey and South Korea. Um, neither of those teams will see red again in these games. And uh, then you've got the blues, which are, which are pretty good teams. Uh, they're the teams that tended to do quite well and got into the knockout stages, like uh, perennial underachiever Spain and England and Japan and Italy and Senegal and uh, you Yanks um, I don't mean any offence by the word Yank I just use it without thinking you uh, I mean Yankees and Confeds the whole lot of you and the same way that you call us Brits Limeys you're Yanks so the Yanks are blue as well good for you um, then you've got green teams who sort of maybe just got through or went out in group stage but at least didn't come bottom like the Argies, like Cameroon, like Ireland, like Poland, Portugal, Costa Rica. Then you've got the yellow teams that were pretty poor. So you've got like the Nigerians. And then you've got the uh, white or grey teams, which, um, probably, you know, it was, it was good that they turned up for their TV in to show the football to the masses. But um, I can't see Saudi Arabia or China winning this game too often but you never know China give them a few years they'll probably win everything um, anyway enough political talk the idea is um, everyone gets drawn three cards at the start of the game and uh, you play one you do what the card says you pick up another card to replace it back to three then it's the next person's go you work through the deck twice at the end of that, you know, after you've worked for it once, it's half time. Once you've worked for it twice, it's full time. You play every group stage game at once, so the board is set out in a grid, so that um, every, it's like every team is playing every game um, simultaneously. So um, once that's worked out, you work out the two teams that came top of their group: three points for win, one point for draw, um, no points for a loss. Then you take them through into sort of the knockout stages. The cards, um, there's a there's a few different cards. You've got um, a card that says one goal. If you play the one goal card, you can take a one goal counter. 
and put it in a space next to one of the teams. Each of the team has a different number of spaces. So the best teams have four spaces to place counters. The, so the blues and greens have uh, three, and the yellow and whites have two. So the black and reds are instantly at a advantage and are more likely to win. So if you if you play the card one goal, you can get get to place a one goal counter in the space in one of the spaces. You start from the middle and work out. Um, on the grid, there's a two goal, there's a three goal, there's a one plus one plus one goal, there's a, a one plus two goal, and you're playing these on the um, on the games to sort of add goals. So I could place, say, um, one of my teams is England. I could place one turn. I could play my one goal um, card, and I could place a goal for England against Argentina. The next game, I, um, the next round, I could play a two goal card. I might have that in my hand, and I could play another one for England against Argentina to make it two nil. And give another one. I might have Spain as well, so I might give them a goal against one of their teams. I choose which um, teams to give. I don't have to give to my team. So if I think giving a goal to another team will help, um, as well as winding up their opponent, which is always good fun, um, it might help one of my other teams get through. I might try and squeeze a smaller team through by influencing other games. Um, as well as that, you've got defence cards, which you can lay to defend goals you've scored from being disallowed, or to block up your opponent's space. Because once your spaces are full, that's it. So if I'd scored two against Argentina, then uh, blocked up their three spaces with defence, I'm going to win two nil. So I can forget about that game. Now I've won and play cards on other games. You've got penalties, which you can't get disallowed, but you have to roll a dice for. I know it's rolling a dice. There's two black spots and four coloured spots. And uh, if it's a coloured spot, you score and you place a penalty token. If it's a black spot, you miss. The first time I ever played this at um, the caster dice, um, I uh, rolled, I think I played three penalty cards in total for England and missed every one. So at least the game's realistic. Um, you can play an attack card which is worth half a goal which uh, sounds a bit stupid but if you lay two attacks down for one team in sort of the same column that adds up to a goal if you've only got half it's worth nothing and then you've got um, cards that disallow goals you flip goal tiles over so that's how that works um, so once you've done that you work out what teams go through and you uh, send the other ones pack in on an early uh, plane home if anyone's gone out, you laugh at them and tell them um, they were rubbish and get them to make the tea or something like that and the rest of you can carry on. Um, and it keeps going on to the final and then if you've got two teams playing against each other, fantastic, you can sort of sit back a bit and play cards only for one team, the team you want to get through. Um, sort of tactically, it's because at the end of every round you keep three cards in your hand for the next round so if you've already got teams through you um, keep good cards in your hand for the next round so like the three goal card or the two goal card so you can wham it down against um, your opponent in the next round uh, the dice there are four dice with different coloured spots they've got more blacks on, then reds, then blues, then greens then uh, yellows and whites and you roll the dice for each group at the end of the group stages and then at the end of every round and for every coloured spot that comes up, a team of that colour scores half a goal. Um, it adds a bit of luck to it, adds a bit of sort of shocking last minute results, and you can play without it because it would be the sort of thing that would upset some people that they've played very cleverly, very strategically, and then like three green dots come up, 
And so their green opponent scores an extra goal and a half. They had an attack already to make it an extra two goals. Um, because a dice roll is worth half a goal. You can add that to half an attack token to make a full goal. And uh, so just by the complete roll of the dice, your great strategy is shot out the window. But for me, it adds appeal to the game. It, uh, you've got the strategy, you've got the luck. feels a lot like football. There's a lot of banter when I play these games, always. People laughing at each other, people playing goals at each other. You don't just lay a, card, a goal card down. You lay a goal card down with a goal! If it's a penalty and you miss, you laugh at them. If it's defence, you talk about Italy playing uh, defensive games. If it's sort of a, an offside card, you can laugh at the, the follies of your opponents. And uh, it goes on like that. Personally, I'd say it's a brilliant game. It's why it's in my top ten, as I said earlier. Play it quite a lot. Played it about uh, 10, 11 times since I got it in the summer. Um, getting enough people to play is sometimes the problem. Um, I play it a lot with four um, played a couple of times with sort of seven or eight which is great it takes a while to get back to your turn and so much has gone on since then but that sort of adds to the excitement and you've really got to pick which teams you want to get through because you won't be able to get all teams through that's for the 2002 tournament the 1931 I have to say I feel is a bit weak it's one that me and my wife play sometimes in the evening just two player um there's only sort of three teams in some groups and only the top team gets through and in some cases it's obvious who the top team's going to be like you are gay um, normally do very well and so sometimes it can be a, feel a bit of a procession and my wife's been a bit upset about that but all in all it's completely wiped out by the brilliance it is 2002 and he's bringing out three new tournaments in the coming months um, the three that Italy won which, uh, which is interesting planning but I'm all for that and I fully promote it. There's also some guy on BoardGameGeek.com in the World Cup game uh, page who's uh, printed off his own um, version for the uh, European Cup, which is pretty cool, with uh, the one that Liverpool won. And I was in the process of doing sort of a, a country's world champions board, which I'll probably do after the next add-ons come out so that I can get um, counters for Holland and some other teams that I'd really want in there. And uh, yeah, I think there's there's plenty of add-ons that can be done to it. Um, and Sean is a great guy who's always willing to answer questions and get involved. It's a great game. I thoroughly recommend it to anyone that's not necessarily into sport. Having a love of football helps. But I've played it with people that don't know too much about football, and they love the strategy aspect. You don't need to know too much about football because it's quite abstract in a way. There's theme to it, um, and the theme permeates it. But at the same time, you can look at it purely. Um, um, without the theme if you really want to so it's a great game I I rate it a banana which uh, you'll, you'll come to find is quite a good ranking so yeah World Cup game go and get it 35 quid um, from shops 30 quid plus 5 quid postage from the website it's bargainous the quality is there buy it now it's all gone Pete Tong you slag Right, this section is going to be for games that um, have sort of lost their appeal for me over time. Uh, we're starting this week um, with St. Petersburg by Michael Tomohofer, which um, is released in the UK by Hansim Gluck and Rio Grande Games. Um, it's very highly thought after on Board Game Geek, and 
it used to be by me to be honest even now I don't think it's a bad game it's still got a lot of redeeming features it's still quite enjoyable to play but there's a lot of reasons why it's this uh, podcast's slag um, I started I got it for Christmas um, the year just gone played it a lot to begin with uh, 2 player 3 player 4 player whatever I enjoyed myself um, then after a bit of a spate of playing 2 player games with uh, with my wife it just sort of lost its appeal for me there was a lot of money um, floating around to buy pretty much whatever we wanted it was a race to get what we wanted never any money problems like there are in sort of say 4 player and it kind of really killed it for me I didn't enjoy it much after that I found it um, more of a sort of a mediocre exercise in money management um, didn't really feel there was as many tactics as I had originally thought uh, the sort of the overall looks okay but I sort of fallen out of interest with the board and the way everything's played and getting everything in front of me sort of all the cards and then scoring uh, so it's dropped a couple of times in ratings since I had it I think I might have started with an 8 or a 9 it's down now sort of a 7 or a 6 um, I played it again recently um, I was pretty much held at gunpoint by the misses uh, to play it again as we had someone else over um, she refused to talk to me and in fact um, stayed crying in the toilet until I agreed to play it she really likes it um, three and a half hours later I decided that I would uh, so she came out of the toilet and uh, we played it and it was alright uh, I think it's the first game I've played of it that I haven't won and uh, it was alright on return I probably wouldn't sort of ask to play it again but it's in the collection if someone else wants to play it when they come over then I can stomach it really so yeah um, it's all gone a bit Pete Tong or wrong for those clever um, faux rhyming slang fans out there um, for St Petersburg but you know it's probably redeemable and I'm sure I will keep playing it but yeah that is that for that it got a second chance got a second chance got a second got a second got a second chance ah football chance has there ever been a bad one of them apart from that one and this is the final section for uh, this podcast it's looking at games that um on first play, I might have hated it, or not really thought too much about it, but on a repeated play or two or three, it's uh, grown a bit, and I'm not so anti it anymore. Uh, it's, I'm hoping in my own little way that um, it might mean that some of you guys that have played a game, uh, not thought too much about it, will give it a second chance if you hear that it plays a bit better second time around. Um, the game this term is Thurn and Taxis, which won uh, this year's Spiel de Jar. Um, a game about um, the postal service in Germany 14,000 years ago. Um, you stick your horses and carts round Germany and into Poland and um, probably into Switzerland or Austria or somewhere as well. And uh, you make long the longest trails between um, the different cities as you can. And if you've... Um, connected cities by playing cards in sort of a in a long line you get to stick post offices down in your little colour and uh, if you sort of get all the po- if you can fill all of a certain area with post offices you get bonus points if you fill um, every sort of area apart from the main one with postal um, post offices you'll get other points and there's loads of other ways to get points you get points the bigger carriages you can get so basically the longer 
the uh, longer sort of delivery route you can get you get sort of bonus points and when someone's got up to the uh, big final score um, the game ends and everyone scores for it um I'm I'm our man's up here and uh, please don't start gasping or anything like that but I've never played um, Ticket to Ride I don't really have any desire to I'm not the biggest fan of uh, of kind of that sort of genre I guess of a a card playing down with the concept of trains in the background although of course I know um, for you Age of Steam lot uh, Ticket to Ride ain't a train game Um, for those of you that hate Age of Steam who cares Um, but it's um and Texas, uh, we got out at club night. Um, my first impression of it was a beige. In fact, it's sort of beige than a cross between an 80s school toilet and the sweater of um, a 70s uh, undercover policeman. Uh, for me, I'm sure some people love that look, but for me, it was pretty boring to look at, pretty ugly. Didn't win me over to it, didn't like the artwork, uh, didn't like the whole concept as it has been described. Played it with as much an open mind as I can get. Uh, found it to be just sort of a bit bland and a bit dull as a whole on game playing. Um, it didn't help in that um, the guy that described it scored up a bit wrong at the end, um, which meant I didn't do as well as I thought I'd done. And um, yeah, basically, I think I put it down as about a five and decided I'd never really wanted to play it again. Uh, my wife took an instant amusement at that when I got home um, at the fact that I played a game once and didn't want to play it again. But, you know, it's my prerogative, as uh, Britney Spears would say if she was me, uh, which she isn't. Um, and uh, that was that, until a couple of weeks ago, when uh, my uh, new good mate Richard, who lives down the road, who comes over to play games on a Tuesday, and who I finally started to be a high, which is fantastic, a great game, by the way. Um, he bought it over on a Saturday um, with his girlfriend, and uh, they all wanted to play it, so I said, OK, I'll give it another go. Uh, played it again I won which always sort of adds at least a one mark to the overall score and I know a lot of you are the same um, <laughs> um, I found it a bit more enjoyable this time I think it's because the attitude has been played in I still find it pretty ugly although I see some kind of rustic charm in it um, the fact that people tried different tactics this time around um, only my wife hadn't played it before and she made a couple of mistakes having to give up roots part way through but I always plan sort of a turn or two ahead to make sure that didn't happen to me um, all in all I would play it again it was sort of a bit of light fun I guess it's gone up to about a 6 as um, I'm sure I said before I tend to rate games sort of from the very first time I play it because that's how I feel about it uh, I will keep changing the rating like once rate once it won't stay there um, so I'm quite happy for my ratings to change and so turn and taxi's moved up to a 6 it's still not for me an amazing game but it passes the time and it's quite entertaining. So, uh, yeah, those of you that played Turn and Texas once and weren't won over by it, um, consider the setting you played it in and uh, perhaps get it out with, in a sort of a chilled out manner with some crisps and a cup of tea or something floating around. Well, not literally floating around, but you get what I mean. Um, and give it a try. It's a sort of nice, easy Saturday afternoon fun and uh, not bad at all. So there it is, Turn and Taxis. I've given it a second chance. Come on! So anyway, that's all for that time. Thanks a lot for listening through to the bitter end. A whole hour of um, of some southern British guy rabbiting on and on about just games a bit randomly. Hope that wasn't fun for you. Please leave me feedback at hamsteroffury at hotmail.com. Um, 
and yeah it'd be good to hear from people see any um, sort of improvements they can make but remember I'm not trying to be slick and uh, flash about it all I just want to be vaguely entertaining and engrossing on a rainy day or when you're stuck in traffic um, so that's it all I've got to say as on that is uh, the music at the beginning which is my new theme music which I hope you like is by a group called Five Star Fall and it's a uh, a song called What Planet Are We On and I got that from magnatunes.com which is a free music for podcasting hope I'm not in trouble for not saying that right at the introduction but I thought it would be better just to do it at the end so uh, yeah anyway uh, thanks for listening this is Luke Morris um, saying big up yourselves and I'll see you all later <laughs>